Greetings, all, and welcome back to I'm Frickin' Lonely. How about you? Staying connected in the time of COVID. As ever, I'm your host, Sheila Nall, and of course, we are once again in my awesome studio space above the garage in Princeton, New Jersey. We're here to continue hearing about people's lives and how they've been changed or redirected by the pandemic. We're on episode 11 now, and I had to say I've learned so much about resilience and hope from all of my guests. Today, we'll continue that quest for knowledge as we welcome our guest, Tawanda McRae. Hi, Tawanda. Hi, how are you? Great. Today, we also have a co-host. Listeners of previous episodes may remember Lauren Krause-Malave, who was my guest for episode seven. Hey. Hello. <laughs> I met Tawanda through Lauren, although I kind of met Lauren through Tawanda. Confused? Great. <laughs> well, Lauren had shared a photo of a sick fox in her backyard with her friend Tawanda, and Tawanda was familiar with the Princeton Fox Project and our success in curing the campus foxes in 2020. So connected Lauren with our group, and I was the one who showed up at Lauren's doorstep. <laughs> with the meatballs. With the meatballs, yeah. So Tawanda is a wonderfully multifaceted and socially proactive person. And by that, I don't necessarily mean she's a party girl, although maybe you are. I don't mm-hmm. know. At times. <laughs> she's a veteran. You served in the Army, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. A vegan and a vegan business owner. Earthways Plant-Based Living LLC, and she'll talk about that more later founder of the charity Red Queen Foundation that we talked about briefly when we talked with Lauren, a volunteer at Easel Animal Shelter. She's an animal activist and a cannabis advocate. I want to hear more about that, too. She's currently taking a course to get her official certification, and uh, that's pretty exciting business. She also is an architectural designer and instructor of Revit at Bucks County Community College. That's quite a CV, Tawanda. Yep, I'm a busy girl. You sound busy. You sound busy. So, so welcome, welcome to the studio here, and uh, tell us a little bit more that I didn't already cover uh, before we really get into the meat of the matter. Okay. Um, yeah. So I currently live in Ewing. Um, I did grow up in Central New Jersey. I actually went to Hun in Princeton. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I just keep really busy. Yeah, you know, I'm always doing something. It's either working, volunteering, going out to. My friend's events, uh, last night we had a real nice karaoke event, Cracking Karaoke, Lauren's right. husband's event. Yeah, it was a good time last I've night. I've got to try that. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should come out. Yeah, so I just, I try to keep myself busy with doing projects, seeing friends, helping out family, charity work, that kind of thing. Originally from New Jersey, I've lived in, let's see, I think 10 states and three countries. So I've been around quite a bit. And was that related to the service? Some of it was service related. Or? Some of it was just, my mom calls me a, a gypsy, where it's <laughs> like, I just like, oh, you know what? I've never lived here. I want to go check it out. You don't like to have grass grow under your feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jersey, I've lived in the longest, you know, because it's home. But uh, I loved Colorado. Colorado is like one of my favorite places to live. Mm. So I definitely want to go back there one day. So yeah, that's, that's me. Just a busy gal. That's, that's great. Um, yeah, I was so interested about your being in the service. When did you enlist? Um, I joined in April of 1997. Uh-huh. So it was after like my first year of college. Um, I went to Temple University. I got actually a, a rowing scholarship to row for Temple. And um, I went there for a year. I liked it, but it was kind of hard for me because it was a, a year right after my sister had died, my older sister. Oh, man. And so um, I just literally just went to college just because I needed something to do. Like, I w- my head wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. So I went, I stayed well, for a year. Yeah, I went, stayed for a year, decided, you know, I, I didn't want to do it and uh, joined the Army. So I came home one day and was like, hey, Mom, I joined the Army. I'm leaving in a couple weeks. See you later. <laughs> so, Tawanda fashion. Yeah, like <laughs> that's kind of my deal. Just like oh, I'm going to move away for a while. So, mm-hmm. yep, I joined in April 1997, and then uh, went to basic boot camp. You know, advanced training, all that stuff, and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that lasted for 10 years. Wow. So I did National Guard. I did Reserve, Initial Ready Reserve, and Active Duty. And, uh, you know, did a lot of learning at that time, too. And Absolutely. We'll talk in a little bit about your management skills, and you're too good at that. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> yeah, so talk a little bit about your family. We touched on that a little bit. but Yeah, um, um, so growing up, it was me, my mom, my sister, my older sister, Beverly. Um, she passed away 26 years ago. She actually had diabetes, and uh, she was heavily overweight. Mm. And um, she got pregnant with my niece, and when she did, she a lot of, um, bad things start happening with her body. Um, you know, she kind of shut down. Her spleen collapsed. She went into a coma, like literally a month after she had uh, my niece. Luckily, my beautiful niece survived. Who's here today? Oh, yeah. She's taking some pictures over there, Brianna. Um, Say hey, Brianna. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she she was in a coma for a few months, and she ended up passing away. My mom had to take her off life support. Um, but growing up, it was just us three. We were good. We were a tight little family. Me, my mom, my sis. But, you know, now I have my, my nieces. Uh, I have an older niece as well, Shanice. She was five at the time when my sister passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really close to my mom's side of the family. Like, her brothers and sisters and her nieces and nephews um, were all pretty tight. My mom's the last one left out of her siblings. Uh-huh. All of her other siblings passed away. Mm-hmm. My mom's, like, 73 now, so she's kind of like the matriarch of our family now. Right. Yeah, because yeah. all of her siblings are gone. And yeah. um, But I have lots of cousins, and uh, we're pretty tight. You yeah, know, we all they live? locally or yeah they're all in um most of them are in trenton we have some that are south jersey a couple of them down south that we see maybe at family reunions and Mm -hmm. then uh, some of them over in las vegas Mm -hmm. and then my dad's family they they're they're all in trenton as well most of them i got a big family huge like i'm related to half of trenton it's crazy (laughs) well at least it's close at hand you know so was there any impact on your ability to see them at all during the pandemic or Um, not so much with my mom yes because her being um having asthma being immunocompromised and she did not want to get vaccinated so oh dear yeah so during the start of the pandemic for like all of 2020 and some of 2021, I didn't really see her much. Like, I would come over and check on her and call her. And my niece was still living at her with her at the time, my older niece, Shanice. So she didn't, like I said, she didn't want to get vaccinated. So I would just come by and check on her and, just, you know, at the doorway. It's it's gotten better where she's, come, you know, I go and check on her once a week. I go to her house and or we'll go out to eat or she'll come to my house. But, yeah, for that first year and a half, I didn't see her very much at all. Just mm-hmm. talked on the phone. That was it. Yeah, that's that's hard. Um has she gotten vaccinated? Since? No, she refuses. Wow. She's very much um, afraid. And mm-hmm. it comes from, she said she got a vaccination for something as a child. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And it made her really sick. And she was sick for a couple months. And so she's kind of scared to get those, va- scared to get this vaccine, which is not logical at all because she's gotten every other vaccine. She's even gotten flu shots. Flu shots, yeah. yeah. So I don't that know what That would have been is. my first thought she had a reaction to a flu shot. Yeah, no, it's not a flu shot. It was something that happened when she was a kid, but something about this, she just, she doesn't want to get it. So mm, that's too bad. I believe yeah. one time when we were going out to lunch, me and your mom, um, I had a conversation with her about it briefly and- I believe she um, referenced the Tuskegee experiment. Well, yeah. Yeah, yep. That could be a big part of that as well. (laughs) And understandably. Yeah, so she's got that stigma there too as well. Yeah, the lack of trust, honestly, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. I do understand that for sure. Uh, A lot more than I understand some of the other, you know, folks out there. 
right? <laughs> I know. I didn't want to mention that again because I talk about <laughs> it all the time. Ivermectin. <laughs> Ivermectin. Oh, God, yeah. You're, you're really lucky, though, to have family close at hand and uh, easy to see because yeah. Trenton is so close. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. Really cool. You know, I'm, I'm very close to all my family as far as, like, time-wise. You know, you know, we all try to get together with each other more often now because mm-hmm. so many we've lost so many in the yeah. past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, especially last year. We lost two people last year, my Aunt Betty and my cousin Mignon. So um, we're just trying to get together more often now. Mm-hmm. Well, to create that support system, and a lot of people don't have that. So, yeah. you know, that's a blessing. It certainly is. Yep. Yeah, so um, I was really interested when we first met to learn that you were an architectural designer because that's sort of a kindred spirit to to what I was doing as an architectural designer. Right, well. yeah. Yeah, and that you also were a teacher of Revit. You talk a little bit more about that. You went remote in uh, March of 2020. Yep. And, um, yeah, we did. Um, did that work out okay? It I mean, did. It worked well. Um, so we had set up before the pandemic where we had s- laptops that had software already built into it sure, through yeah. our IT guys so that we could work from home just in case of illness or emergency or whatever. Because the company that all of us had worked at previously um, had that set up before. And the owner of our company thought it was a good idea so people could work from home if they needed to. Um, so when the pandemic hit, we already had that software built in. And and I already had a setup at home, actually. I had, like, an extra TV, you know, to use for a big screen because I work on three screens in my office. Mm-hmm. But I had, you know, two screens set up at home. So I actually was the last person to go remote. It was me, my coworker, Emily, and then we had just hired a new guy, Chris. He was, he was staying in the office, but she went out first because she had a young one and she was pregnant. So she oh went my. out <laughs> for everybody. She was like, I'm, I'm going to work from home. I'm like, yeah. I don't blame you, girl. Go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, that makes you, a lot of sense. Yeah, so yeah. she she went out first, and then I went out maybe two weeks after her. So mm-hmm. it was like the end of end of March, beginning of April, twenty twenty, and we worked remotely through. I think it was uh, October of uh, 2020 Mm -hmm. and we didn't even shut down my boss was still out getting clients Um, Mm -hmm. his his daughter is a NIC unit nurse so she convinced him to get vaccinated pretty early on which was great because he's also immunocompromised so everybody in my office is vaccinated which is great so you know we were able to stay open Mm -hmm. we were able to work from home we actually in October of 2020 you weren't because there weren't right yeah so that was a you know, you just you said people started going back in that early. Yeah, huh? so we went back in the office around October 2020, and we were all masked up majority oh, okay. of the time. We didn't have any clients coming into the office. Sure. Everything was remote, like Zoom mm-hmm. or meet. Uh, my boss was meeting like with the clients in their home all the way through probably like around springtime, mid 2021 was when. Then we started having seeing more clients coming back yeah, to the office. Yeah, people were getting vaccinated. Yeah, everybody was getting vaccinated, yeah. and it was getting much better. And Emily came back for the office for a little while until she had her baby. Mm-hmm. She came back, I think, for like two or three months, and then she had her baby, and then she went back out on maternity leave. Now she's working remotely permanently because mm-hmm. we hired a few more people, and there's honestly not enough space in the office anymore. Um, but that works perfect for her because mm-hmm. she's got two little ones. It just it worked out well. Like we had kind of a seamless transition from working from home back to the office, and since because we always had that option, had the setup already. Yeah, yeah, the setup was already built in, which I think moving forward, a lot of companies just need to have that mm-hmm. because it's going to be like this for a long time. And I think that <laughs> I think they will. There's been a real shift in workplace for sure. Right. And uh, you know there was already a shift toward hoteling. You know, people coming and not having an assigned desk, but even more now, I think it's right. going to be the case. Shared and, workspaces and stuff like that, yeah. or just working remotely. But uh, it worked out great for us. Our business actually grew 
throughout the pandemic because so many people were staying at home. They were getting sick of looking at their crappy houses and they were like calling us <laughs> off the hook. Like yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone improved their home. You're sitting there staring at your home all exactly. day. It's like all of a sudden everybody's backyard looks like a botanical garden. Right. Mine included. Right. <laughs> Everybody like our business grew because so many people were home remodeling. They're like, yeah, we want to redo our kitchen, add an addition for our home office, all this stuff. So we ended up hiring two more people. It just got better. Yeah, so. because the rest of your work is residential, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Majority of our work's residential. Um, we have a few small commercial things, but it's all mostly residential. So we ended up getting a lot more business over the past two years. No, kind of a blessing That's because great. so many people lost a ton of business, and, but yeah. we, we ended up doing really well. Mm-hmm. Well, and later we'll talk about your, well, I guess next we could talk about your vegan business because, you know, that's sort of the flip side, whereas architectural design was going well, people were trying to start businesses at the same time the pandemic was taking hold and a lot of those efforts were thwarted, you yep. know, at least to launch. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about your vegan business. Yeah. So um, I am the owner of Earthways Plant-Based Living, LLC. So I started it in 2019. And basically what I ended up wanting it to be kind of like a vegan commissary where you go in, you can buy groceries, you can visit different vegan vendors. There's a cafe. So just kind of like a big market, like a where you can go in and you can get all of that one-stop shop vegan shopping. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that had to get scaled back because it was like, all right, we now have to figure out a space and we need to figure out where we're going to do this and how we're going to raise funds for it and all that kind of stuff. And then the pandemic hit and it was like, okay, so nobody's going into stores anymore right now. Right, yeah. So now we got to figure something else out. I did do one really good event in 2019 I did a pop-up shop um, in downtown Trenton Mm -hmm. which was great we had like 25 different vendors we had a couple hundred people come out I'd say like around 200 people came through it it was really good and we had a lot of good positive feedback a lot of a lot of people saying are you going to do more of these are you going to have a store like so many people asking about it and I was hoping to be able to open a brick and mortar come 2020 Mm -hmm. or have more pop-up shops where Mm -hmm. we could do those type of um, events you know a few times a year instead of just once and then you know pandemic hit so that just killed all those plans Mm -hmm. so I kind of had to switch gears and now I'm working on launching the e-commerce side of it so basically the e-commerce is going to be where you can order online vegan groceries delivered directly to you oh nice Um, okay I was going to ask about that yeah so the website is up Um, I don't have any products loaded yet but we're working on things in the background um, like insurance the legal contracts with the vendors (laughs) oh all that (laughs) all of that fun red tape crap that Uh. I'm like oh man can we just launch it? But it's it's taking a little while because yeah. I want to do it right and I want to make sure I have all my bases covered legally and with the insurance. And so it's taking a little bit longer than I expected. But so I'm working on that right now. I've reached out to a bunch of different vegan vendors who are on board, who are ready to you know load products and also have um, some national distributors. So products that you would usually find in like um, say a Whole Foods, mm-hmm. you could get on our website for a better pricing and it could be delivered directly to you mm-hmm. so that kind of thing um so and other then, than food what other things are considered vegan or could 
Oh, there's tons of vegan things. Vegan. Yeah. So um, what we're going to have eventually, like, right, we're going to start with the food, but we're going to be adding in all kinds of different products, like mm-hmm. household products as far as, like, different cleaners. We're going to have uh, sustainable products like uh, reusable bags, um, you know, different things like that mm-hmm. that you could, you know, switch out in your house. I just recently got these little, like, vegetable bags that you can reuse that are biodegradable. So mm-hmm. if they if you ended up wearing them out, you can just plant them in your garden. So those types of things. There's yeah, I have compostable poop bags that I use. Yeah, for like that for my kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that. Those kind of things. We're going to be offering a lot of sustainable stuff mm-hmm. that's uh, either zero waste or like eco-friendly, where it's compostable, like that sure. kind of stuff. What about cosmetics? I've been trying to find. There's out. tons of vegan cosmetics out and, there, and also lotions that don't come in plastic. It's that's like a hard one. Um, it so is. yeah, <laughs> I've been looking and looking. The lotions are hard to find. Same with um, hair products. Like mm-hmm. hair products, they, a lot of them still come in. You know. Those non-biodegradable plastics. I've been using bars. Yeah, the bars are really good yeah. replacements. I've Lotions are out. hard to find, but we're we're doing research on all of that stuff mm-hmm. on all the different products that are going to be zero waste, so yeah. that we can put them in the store and we can you know have right. them available. But yeah, so I've got a VA, a virtual assistant, who's helping me with research. So I've got a whole list of different products that we're going to be trying out. Like I'm ordering things to my house and testing them out to see how I like them. And if we want them to go in the store and different things like that. Yeah. So it's going to be an e-commerce store to yeah, start. Not right. Br- not brick and mortar. Right. Not a storefront. Exactly. Okay, so the cool. e-commerce portion is going to be launching this year. Um, hoping to get the brick and mortar up and running sometime next year. And it's going to be scaled down a little bit. So like we're probably going to start with just a storefront grocery store and cafe. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who um, has a vegan chef that I'm going to be collaborating with mm-hmm. on some different recipes. So we could do like an actual you know you know made to order cafe and I also just recently met a woman who's amazing vegan chocolatier she makes vegan chocolates and oh my gosh are they fantastic Mm. she handmade me some a couple weeks ago you're talking my language right now yeah she's been vegan for like 40 plus years (laughs) and she makes (laughs) vegan chocolates and she she brought me some to try and she's like I want your honest opinion like tell me if they're terrible I'm like are you crazy these are amazing (laughs) like we need to sell these so I'm in the process of helping her get her license and permits and everything so we can do special order for them on the website so she's mm-hmm. probably going to be like my first like certified vendor on the website because uh that those chocolates were just too darn good oh that's great yeah and that's and they're handmade and, and that's the kind of thing a lot that of love and care. people's eyes you know i think chocolates yeah like, and they're handmade and she puts so much love and care into each one yeah. and she was t- just describing to me how she makes them i'm like I'm drooling over here. Plus, <laughs> it makes a special gift. Yeah, right. So Everybody loves chocolate. Not just for yourself. You almost feel guilty buying chocolate for yourself, but if you I get it. I, I never do. For that. <laughs> right. I bought six cupcakes at that House of Cupcakes. <gasps> right. We stopped at House of Cupcakes I today. Share one with my child and husband. They can share it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> like what cupcakes? <laughs> I didn't hear about those. <laughs> yeah, that's just really fascinating, and uh, I want to keep in touch with you about that and. I'm trying to shift some of my eating habits. Yeah, so also you're an instructor. Mm -hmm. You know, you said you're a STEM instructor. So what does STEM stand for? So STEM is... it's actually changed to STEAM now, like S-T-E-A-M. Okay. And it's, it's working with, like, you know, science, technology, 
uh, electrical, architectural, and mechanical. So that's basically all of the different fields that it encompasses. So I'm in the architectural portion of that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they added the A for us. Uh (laughs) Um, So I've been teaching at Bucks County Community College for, it's been 10 years. It's so weird to say that out loud. It's (laughs) mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. It's really weird. I fell into this job. I was working for this engineering firm in Newtown, PA, and um, one of my coworkers, her husband was an engineer, and he used to teach at Bucks County, and I had just finished my degree in computer-aided drafting in in CAD, Uh and I was looking for a job in CAD because I was just doing accounting at this firm. He couldn't do the teaching anymore. He recommended my name to the director, and they called me and asked me for an interview. Mm -hmm. So I went to the interview. I had to put together this whole PowerPoint on how I would teach the class, and I'm like, I have never taught freaking (laughs) class in my life. Like, (laughs) what am I supposed to do? So I kind of, like, Googled and, like, talked to some of my friends who are teachers. I'm like, how do I do this? How do I present this? It's so not I, easy. Yeah, I put together a PowerPoint on how I would teach it. I was sweating so bad. I'm surprised you couldn't see pit stains. Like, it was so, I was so freaked out and so you scared. You to choose your color. Uh, right. I'm like, thank God carefully. I'm wearing dark colors. <laughs> I was sweating so yeah. bad during the presentation. Oh, yeah. I'm in the room full of board members of the school. Mm-hmm. And I did the presentation, which was like half an hour. Half an hour later, I get a call like, when can you start? And I'm like, you got to be wow. kidding me, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, wow. Really? You're going to hire me to teach stuff? <laughs> Good on you, Tawana. Wow. So, yeah. So they're like, okay, we want you to teach AutoCAD here at the school. And um, if that goes well, we're going to have you teach Revit and Inventor, which are the other programs that I I had used in school. So you already knew how to do, yeah. use Revit. I used the programs, but it was just in school. Like mm-hmm. I hadn't been using, I used AutoCAD for forever. I'd been using AutoCAD since 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started using the other programs, you know, like 2013, mm-hmm. Revit and Inventor. And so I just knew how to use them. I never taught them to anybody. So <laughs> I was just like, all right, we'll see how this goes. So but, for our listeners who don't know what Revit is, um, it's a it's a BIM uh, system. It's building information modeling. Yep, is that that's right. right. Uh, so it's more of a 3D way to do your construction documents. And yes. Yep. It's it's basically drawing in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's AutoCAD. Whereas AutoCAD has more 2D. Yeah. yeah. AutoCAD I mean, you, can you can do, do 3D. 3D. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's but it's AutoCAD on steroids yeah. because it has way more functionality. <laughs> yeah. Way more information where you have connectivity to other fields because mm-hmm. AutoCAD even though you can do 3D it, they, it doesn't talk to other fields like it right. doesn't talk to the plumbing doesn't talk to the mechanical and the electrical and all that stuff structural, yeah. the structural mm-hmm. with Revit you ha- you could have an electrician using the same program you can import his model into the architectural one mm-hmm. and it does clash detection so yeah. it can tell you if there's problems with the way the electrical is running through the structural conflict avoidance yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's great it's the, it's we could use some of that in, in the real world <laughs> everywhere all over the place oh Ukraine right now huh? oh yeah. my gosh yes. not even, yeah. <laughs> right oh, but um my heart's broken it's a great program I love it I, I love teaching like I said I've been there for almost 10 years now it's been it, it was just 10 years um this month and I had the biggest class I've ever had this year. Our enrollment dropped last yeah, year. Yeah, you said that. It so, dropped but drastically. But it's gone back up? Now it's gone back up. So it, Why did it drop? I guess because I think COVID, because huh? pe- like or we no. were offering just online. Mm. And I think a lot of students were scared of that because they're like, how am I going to you know figure stuff out and troubleshoot? So we were online from, it must have been, I say, April of 2020 up through last year 
But you said so you we just, just had now, your first class. Yeah, like, we just had our week yeah two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we just had our first hybrid class mm-hmm. where you could come into the classroom or you could do online. And we have twelve students, which is a huge class for me. Most of my classes are three to five students, wow. and so twelve is a lot. Wow! <laughs> and I'm like, I hope this goes well because. Technical difficulties are not uncommon, (laughs) but we had a bunch of people on Zoom and it's going really well. Everybody's catching up and doing really well. And I I was a little scared at first because I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to teach these people on Zoom how to Mm -hmm. do this? But and they can and in the classroom the Revit license through the class then. Yeah, so uh-huh. as long as you're enrolled, you can get a Revit license for one year for free through mm-hmm. Autodesk.com. Nice. And so um, it's going really good, even with such a big class. Students in class and on Zoom are, are doing really great. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like it. I love teaching. Oh. I didn't know I would, but I do. <laughs> yeah, the best part is like seeing the light bulb. They get it. I can see it. They got it. There's the light bulb. And and when the students are like, wow, this is so great. This is going to help me, you know, with this job or with that. And I'm like, great. That's what it's all about. That is great. And the light bulb feels good to them, too. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I love it when my light bulb comes on. Me, too. (laughs) Doesn't happen that often. (laughs) Yep. Me, too. (laughs) Some of us turns on more than often. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about your work and, um, you know, veganism, we're going to get back to that for sure. But um, you're also you're such a charity-minded person, and you're always looking out for the needs of others. And uh, so talk a little bit about the Red Queen Foundation, which you founded. And yeah. we, we talked a little bit about that, Lauren, when yeah. you came. And I, I put a link to that in the description of your podcast, and I'll do awesome. that again when I publish this one to Wanda. But yeah, yeah. Talk about what motivated you to do that? And talk about another light bulb. Right, yeah. Duh, oh, wow. <laughs> that was a light bulb moment, yeah. yeah. So um, I started that um, in 2015. And basically, I was always one of those people that every holiday season, I would find some way to donate to charity, whether it's like giving money or, you know, gathering up items and donating it to a homeless shelter or something. And so that Christmas of that year, I was like, okay, I'm sending money to this charity and I'm, you know, donating items, but I have no idea if this stuff is helping at all. Like the money, of course, always helps, but there might be something else that I could be doing to help in a different way. So I started calling up different charities or different, you know, um, homeless shelters in the Mercer County area. And I started with Homefront and then I started calling, um, and then I called Women's Space and Trenton Area Rescue Mission and Task, Trenton Area Soup Kitchen, and just started asking them like, what things do you guys need besides money? Because everybody always needs money, but what things do you guys need consistently throughout the year that you feel like you're not getting? And the number one things that they were saying was toiletries, socks and underwear, Mm -hmm. and um, sanitary products for women. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of became my focus was the sanitary products because I know as a woman – your life sucks if you don't have access to that. I mean, it sucks when you do have access to it, (laughs) but when you don't, I can't even imagine. And so I actually had watched a documentary. I think it was an HBO documentary about homeless women in New York and how they deal with their periods. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. One lady was was saying that there are times where she would literally just sit in the same spot all day long because she knew if she got up, she would have to change her pad and she could only do that once a day. And I was like, I would literally just crawl into a hole and die if that had to be me. Like, Oh, my Lord. And I couldn't even imagine being a homeless person having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that kind of became my focus was getting sanitary products, um, you know, cramp relievers, cleansing, those kind of items into the hands of 
the homeless and the needy. That's a brilliant, brilliant so, idea. So our first event was the Pick Your Purse event. Lauren was there. She helped with it. We coordinated it. So we did basically where we asked women, hey, you know, you have an old purse that you want to get rid of, you never use, fill it with sanitary products and bring it to our event. We're going to give it out to homeless people. I don't even know how many purses we got. We got quite a few. And we got a lot of um, donated items to put into the purses. And it was really successful. You know, we had a whole bunch. I have never seen so many pads in my entire life. Yeah, there were tons. (laughs) We had pads and tampons. And we had, um, we we got some funds to go buy stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was a really successful event. You know, we ended up giving a lot of them to Homefront and to Women's Space. And they were super appreciative. They, Mm -hmm. They were like, nobody's ever really thought to just bring these kind of items to the homeless shelter. Like they're always donating clothes and food and nobody's thinking about this everyday sanitary products that women need. Cause it's constant. It's not like that ever goes away. Exactly. <laughs> People just think of toothbrushes, toothpaste, you know, right. Yeah. That's an essential. Yeah. So I got a letter from um, women's space and from Homefront saying, you know, thank you for thinking so much of our women and bringing these products because, you know, not too many people realize that we need these every single month. And so it, it was just like, okay, great. This is my thing now. This is what I'm going to do. So that's how you sort of parlayed it into an actual foundation. Then. Right, right. Huh. Yeah. So then um, then I, I worked with my mom's friend, um, Gwendolyn. She owns Gwendolyn Charities. And I asked her, how do I get a 501c? She put me in touch with Pro Bono which does law work for charities at a reduced rate. Mm -hmm. And so they helped me get my 501c status and get all my legal paperwork set up at a really good price. I think it was like $500 and they filed all the paperwork, did everything. Like all I had to do was sign and tell them my information. And then uh, I got a website done and held a couple more events and it's just been kind of growing since then. So it's been good. I, I really enjoy it. And it's just been one of those things that I, I feel like not only can I give back, but I can encourage other people to give back as well. And other people feel good giving back to my charity because they know it's going directly to people in the community. Like it's not some charity that's like across the world or across the country like that you're you have no idea where that money's going or what it's doing. Absolutely. So true. Well, and this is another thing that you said benefited by people cleaning out their houses because you said that donations really ramped up during the pandemic because people yep. were like, oh, I've got... And in fact, remind me, I have a bag. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, now that we're we'll talking it. about uh-huh. it, I have a few Absolutely. Gonna- <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. And so they did. They ramped right up around the pandemic time because mm-hmm. uh, people were cleaning out their houses, which is, was great for us. So... So we've got um, we got a couple of things on the horizon. I'm working with um, my cousin who also has a charity she just started called Sisters for Change. Yeah, I saw that. Sisters for Change. I love that name, first of all. And uh, tell me a little bit more about that one. So my cousin Keisha, she started it. And um, she's a Trenton native. And she's very much grown up around a lot of some of the harshness of Trenton. And just wanted to start doing stuff to give back. And uh, so she started the charity. And it's funny how I got involved because she asked, um, hey, do you want to volunteer for this Halloween event that we're doing? And, you know, bring some candy down to give to the kids in the projects. And the main thing was that the kids in the projects don't get to trick or treat because Mm -hmm. it's so dangerous at night. And, Mm -hmm. like, the police have to be in that neighborhood policing all the time. And it's just they can't trick or treat. Right, yeah. So basically what she did was we set up um, a couple tables and we... We had some volunteers from her group come out, you know, her daughter and her son, they all came out. And so I came out and I brought some things and I'm like one of those people, 
I'm if I see something going on, I'm like, okay, here's how we're going to organize this, right? Uh-huh. All right, everybody <laughs> seems confused. Let me just get you all on track. This yeah, is what's going to happen. This is what <laughs> I was talking about earlier. You know, you do something really well, people are going to rope you in. <laughs> and, and it's it was so funny because it it wasn't on purpose. It was just kind of like, all right, this is a little a little unorganized here. Let me go ahead and get this wrapped up. So we just started putting this tablecloths on and pulling out the candy and you know organizing the tables really nice. And she was like, my cousin over there is taking charge. So y'all just go ahead and talk to her about everything. Tawanda <laughs> has literally always been like the head honcho ringmaster in charge. I remember in our younger days, like even going to the club, you know, Tawanda's like, <laughs> you know, everyone, okay. Oh, you, you are up, party I'm gonna girl. pick you up at 10 o'clock. You're going to be at 10, 15. Get in the car. We're going. Nobody ever drove but Tawanda. It wasn't even yeah, a question um, <laughs> even if you wanted to. And, and we were like happy because Tawanda just knew where to go. She navigated. She's good under pressure. So it's like, yeah, yeah. We're just following Tawanda, basically. <laughs> she's the alpha. <laughs> yeah, she is for sure the alpha, 100%. We need alphas. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. Thank God for you, Tawanda, really. Absolutely. This, all this, this is so wonderful. So, um, Sister, for, for change, it went beyond then the Halloween thing. Yeah, what? yeah. So we started with the Halloween event. That went really well. We had a lot of kids come through. And then... Um, my cousin, the next day, she sent me a text. She's like, so all of the girls decided that you're in the group and you're now going to be, the girls you're now in charge of event planning. And I'm like, oh, really? That's, that's it? Okay. I wasn't consulted, but. Okay, I guess so. That's, that's fine. All right. She's like, because you just took charge of everything and it was great. And we'd like for you to be in charge of event planning. I said, okay, that's fine. I, I don't mind doing that. So I'm trying to help her get her 501C. She's registered for, um, the name's registered. So it is a registered oh, cherry. And I'm helping her it's get her 501 one C. Yeah. And so we've been, we did a couple other events. Oh, we did a feed the homeless event for Thanksgiving. So we went to the Trenton area rescue mission and we set up uh, again, some tables. Everybody brought a dish. We had the sterner going. I had my pop-up tent. I'm like, we need a sign. Just went and literally grabbed homeless people off the streets said, come and get a plate you know, had to go plates and everything for them. That was a great event. Nice. Um, we did one where um, Lauren and my, my niece, Brianna, both were there. What was, that was the... That was the bingo. That was the bingo, yes. Yeah, so we, we did bingo for seniors. That was hilarious. Uh, it was at, uh, it was a building in um, in Roger Gardens. I'm sure they loved it. Roger they Gardens loved it. Hey, I'm a train. senior. <laughs> should, it was great. Talk. It was so much fun. So we made sandwiches and we brought chips and drinks and everything and we had some prizes for them. So they had a door prize and they had, you know, little prizes that they won for the bingo and they were all just really you know happy to be there and have some food and have a good time no you know there was no buy-in or anything it was just everybody just come and play bingo and so now we're working on doing another event which is coming up we have a meeting next weekend I don't think we've talked about it yet but we're gonna do Easter baskets for the Trenton Capital Health kids in the hospital so we're going to do that. That's going to be our next project. So are you gathering baskets? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, I might. So if you have some <laughs> baskets, that's great. Yeah, we could definitely use the baskets. So that's going to be the next thing. We were planning to do a community day, um, and, but that's probably going to get pushed off to next year. But later on in the summer, we're going to do a diaper giveaway. So oh, that's, yeah. that's so another that really important thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, like um, Diapers, Keisha and I talked yeah. about it uh, a week ago, but we've had to change things up a little bit just to, for planning-wise and time. You know, lots of good things coming down the pipeline and so we're kind of doing it in collaboration since I have the 501c I can raise the funds since mm-hmm. she doesn't have the you know the status yet and sure. then and then we just kind of do it as, in a collaboration Red Queen Foundation collaboration with Sisters for Change so. nice that's great and then yeah. when she gets hers yeah then back and forth right right exactly then we Sister have you know charities. two 
Two charities that we can, yeah, sister charities, basically. That's so fantastic. Yeah. One other thing you had mentioned, and I, f- I forgot to ask you about it. You said that Red Queen Foundation was also going to be doing some teachings. And yes. And you had to put that on. What, what kind of things were you going to yeah, so, tutor, or what were you going to teach? Yeah, I was going to do that. So Along with a, Homefront, was it? Homefront, yeah. yeah. So we had originally planned to do a tutoring program with Homefront. They mm-hmm. have a big campus right across from Mercer County Airport in Ewing. And it's like a family campus where they have rooms set up like um, labs, like computer labs. And so I was working with them to put together a program where I could teach the residents AutoCAD at no charge. And um, I was trying to get Dell Computer on board to give them all free laptops. So that way they could put this on their resume to help them get jobs. Sure. And pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and that just killed the whole program. Yeah, so, it, you know, we were, we, <clears throat> that was around the end of 2019, actually, beginning, yeah, middle of 2019, we were planning this. Um, we were trying to get everything up and running, and then it just killed the program because we couldn't go into the, the shelter anymore. So I'm hoping maybe we can get that back going, up and going, because it was a good program. Yeah, but well, you have time. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. I, honestly, I, I have no I clue. Listen, I'll listen. It's just my mind is spinning. I don't know. I, maybe I'll squeeze some in like between, you know, Monday and Sunday, like one hour a week or something. Uh, <laughs> you need to sleep. The way I schedule my life is based on events. It's like, okay, so what do I have to do this week? Uh, okay, so I can sleep during this time and then I still have time to get X, Y, Z in. <laughs> So I don't know. We'll see. I figure it's only an hour a week. You know, it's not too much. Mm-hmm. It, it takes some planning, though. It does. It takes yeah, a lot of planning. Just, yeah. And I try to I keep myself busy because I, I'm one of those people where I, I've dealt with a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of depression at times. Mm-hmm. So if I don't keep myself busy, then I feel like I might slip back into that. Yes, so yes. <laughs> I very much keep myself busy. But there, I do allow downtime as well, because mm-hmm. otherwise I'd go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you got to have your boundaries and know when to say, okay, I can't do that because mm-hmm. I'm about to lose my mind. I got too much going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like read a book. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I, I am reading a book right now, actually, a Michael Crichton book. I, I just started a new book. So there you go. Yeah. What book? Um, it's one that, uh, it's it's like a posthumous book. So it's uh, somebody else's who wrote it, but it's Michael Crichton's story. Oh. It's one of those end of the world, like a disease takes out the end of the world oh, type well, books. Perfect. I love those books. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right during COVID. That makes a good choice to want. <laughs> I didn't pick it by that. I just saw it was Michael oh, Crichton no, and bought it. And stuff. it just happened to turn out to be that kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good choice. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, we're kind of coming to that time, Mark. We want to focus on sort of what what you're passionate about and the things you want to see for the future. And you talk about veganism and animals, and we wanted definitely to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just uh, really do love and admire your passion about it and how you dedicate your time and to fostering cats and supporting animals. So talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I started Earthways in 2018. Um, I went vegan before that. I went vegan in 2016. So yeah. I've been vegan for a little while now. And that was based on health at first because I, my blood pressure was a little bit high and I was actually pre-diabetic. Mm. And so I started just cutting things out here and there and then I started doing more research and the more research I did about like where my food came from the the easier it was for me to go vegan I'm like okay so I am disassociating what 
the animals mean to me as far as like pets and food. And Mm -hmm. so I started making the connections and that just started changing my way of thinking. And one component that I don't really talk about very much, but it's really pushed me over the edge was the component of the comparison of animals and slavery. And there's a huge through line between the way enslaved people were treated versus how animals are treated today. Like you could even look up how some of enslaved people were shackled and chained and some of the, the actual, you know, instruments that they used on enslaved people are exactly the same instruments they use on animals. So that kind of like really threw me off the deep end. I'm like, wow. okay, so I I'm done. I can see how that would do that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, I, I don't talk about it very much because it's a sensitive topic for a sure. lot of people. Like even, you know, black people I've talked to about, they're like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm like, okay, well, that may be to you, but I could show you images of an enslaved person with the same shackles on that they have on animals. Mm-hmm. And you might be a little bit surprised on what you see. Well, people don't want to know. They don't. Know, because then got to look inward because you have to look at yourself and mm-hmm. i'm not do, i'm not telling i'm not like i don't say that to people to make them feel guilty it's just like to show you what it actually is yeah like i don't shame people for what that's they an interesting eat. comparison though because i that's one i hadn't hadn't even heard of right right it's wow. something a lot of people don't think i didn't know about it either until i started doing research and i'm like oh my gosh these are the same exact shackles the things that they put on baby cows so that they don't drink the mother's milk that they, they cover their mouths and they're it's like a shackle they put on their face is the same thing they used to put on black men and women that were enslaved to keep them from talking. And I'm like, what the heck? I never realized that. Mm -hmm. So that was something that really pushed me more towards veganism outside of the fact that, you know, the way they treat the animals. Yeah. It's it just, you know, it pushed me more and more towards it. So, but I love being vegan. The food's amazing. And it's not just food. A lot of people say, oh, I'm vegan. You know, I don't eat animals. I'm like, okay, well, um, do you wear leather? Do you buy things that have animal products in it, like shampoo, uh, conditioner? It takes a lot of balm. research. It does take a lot of research. Yeah. But um, nowadays, it's so easy to do that. You mm-hmm. can just put an app on your phone, scan the barcode of whatever product you're buying, and it tells you if it's cruelty-free or not. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier than it used to be but Mm -hmm. people just don't think about it right yeah convenience that's what it is it's convenience so um that that was kind of like what pushed me to go vegan was the health then the animals and then um and then like the environment as well because so many so many bad things are happening to the planet that are directly correlated to animal agriculture it's the most inefficient way to feed people exactly (laughs) it's the most inefficient and it's doing the most devastation to the planet the quickest yeah and America is the number one consumer of these products. And uh, it's, it's just, it's getting better. It's gotten a lot better over the past 10 years, but it's not happening fast enough. Mm-hmm. And we're on a time schedule. People don't realize that. Like, this climate change is not a joke. They don't want to face it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's 100% convenience. Yeah. If it's convenient for you to disassociate what that piece of plastic you're throwing on the ground, what's going to happen to it and where it's going to go and how it's going to damage the planet, then that's what you do. You just compartmentalize what's happening in your world. Mm-hmm. And I just well, started thinking it convenience, outside. I call it laziness. That's true. So, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, is, you know, the easy answer. Yeah. Or no answer. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do, um, I do free vegan mentoring actually through um, vegan outreach. So I've gotten a few yeah, mentors. That's... 
Vegan mentoring. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, there's a a website called veganoutreach.com, and um, I do free vegan mentoring through them. So basically, they assign me. link to that. Yeah, yeah. They sign me a mentee uh, of someone who's looking to go vegan or just wants a vegan friend or just wants some tips. And so we link via via email. And then, um, you know, I just give them all the information I have. I offer to do shopping trips with them or go to vegan restaurants or even they just want to get together and talk, uh, that kind of thing. What do you recommend to people who are married to somebody who would refuse to be a vegan? (laughs) 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 Wanted to try to, you know, change their eating habits. So if you you want to, okay, if you want to try. I'm just kidding. We don't eat (laughs) if you just want to try and change some some things just start with like one meal Mm -hmm. just pick a meal that is something that you know that he might try that or she she, yeah Mm -hmm. he or she might try and just switch it out to something else Mm -hmm. you switch the meat with the plant base and say hey you know what I made this meal I really would like for you to try it like you know and if they're open to just trying something new and not thinking of it as vegan then you start switching out other little things like Mm -hmm. you go from cow's milk butter to almond butter or um you know from regular cow's milk to oat milk or almond milk just one little thing at a time and just kind of you know slowly integrate little things like that Mm -hmm. yeah and you'll notice that a lot of times it's not a huge change like some people are so afraid to try those things because they're like oh my god it's probably gonna taste terrible but this is not your old school vegan. Like we're not talking about like twigs and berries and things like that. <laughs> like we're talking about world class chef prepared type food. Like mm-hmm. there are there there was just one. Um, Doesn't give you gas. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on what what you what kind of food well, gives you gas to begin people with. People don't have to worry about it because they don't use any dairy based products. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly Cheer right. That, yeah. 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 <laughs> lactose <grain>. is <laughs> lactose is like dairy is so bad for you anyway. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the absolute worst. Yeah, it that's so what I've good heard. though. Yeah. Dairy's so worse good. than meat. <laughs> Cheese is better than a lot of things. Sugar is the thing we've really tried to expunge from our sugar, yeah. From mm-hmm. our diets. Yeah. That's good. You know, yeah. that helps too. That helps you to become healthier, getting yeah, rid of the sugar. We got rid of you know, sugar and uh, carbs. Mm-hmm. Even though Tawanda, you made a, a good macaroni and cheese that's, mm-hmm. that's vegan. Yep, I make my own uh, cashew cheese for my mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Yep, just blend it up at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you if you want some recommendations on, like, brands to try, I can send you the link that I have that I give to all my vegan mentees that have just a list of brands, and you can just check out one of the different brands. Cool, I'd love that. I really would like to try that. You know, one of the things that you said that really jumped out at me and I just I love this is um having people make their bodies gardens and not graveyards yes yes that is very much part of my vegan whenever I talk to a new person who's a a, a mentee I try to explain it to them as that you want your body to grow and be healthy and you want it to flourish you don't you don't want it to be this beacon of death which is for dead animals exactly which is what people don't realize is like when you eat meat and when you eat dairy it just sits in your body it it stays there it doesn't Mm -hmm. flush out the stuff that you put in your body you want it to flourish and and you want it to give your body nutrients you Mm -hmm. want it to be able to feed your body and your soul as well because the garden is what makes things grow when you it's a graveyard it's just if you feel a lot different Mm -hmm. and that's not to shame anyone that's just I've that's my experience Mm -hmm. personally like when I switched from eating animals over to eating plants I my whole aura changed everything changed like I became a different person uh-huh. and you can, you can ask my niece when I was a meat eater, I was a diehard meat eater. Mm-hmm. Like I remember saying specifically, like I love pigs so much. I would just go and kill a pig and eat it myself. And I think about that now I'm like, Oh my God, I was 
that shit crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I would never do that. No. <laughs> I love animals. Yeah. But you know what? You made like a point. So if you think about even like the meat that we eat, right? When you go into the grocery store to buy beef, it's more desirable, a little more expensive to buy grass-fed cows, right? Mm-hmm. Or or chickens that are free range, free range, right? yeah, and things like that. And so, yeah, it makes sense. It's like okay, so we're being choosy about what the animals that we eat put into our body. We're like we only want them to eat these vegetables the healthy and veggies <laughs> not and then we're, right. we're putting animals into our bodies exactly so like, why not just put yeah. that stuff into our own we body we just want to eat right. a happy chicken mm-hmm. right <laughs> you want a happy chicken that's just gonna lay you down and give you its, and just fall into nuggets right. like it's <laughs> not gonna happen no. they don't come in nugget shapes they don't come nugget shape not at all not at all no, no. It, there's a huge difference between you know eating life and eating corpses Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to eat a live chicken either. No, <laughs> no, no. But okay. plants are alive. Yeah. And so they and plants are just they're just better for your body. Mm-hmm. They're better for everything, better for the environment and for your body. Yeah, for sure. I guess, you know, we've we've covered a lot of ground. And um, one of the things that you had said and in, in when we talked about final thoughts, that you felt like the pandemic has maybe given people more of a sense of purpose? Absolutely. Yeah. Because so many people, so many, we lost so many people mm-hmm. like across the world. And I don't know not one person who doesn't know somebody who lost someone. Mm-hmm. It's either directly related to them or a friend of a friend who lost somebody from COVID. And mm-hmm. it's so weird, but it all ties back to, um, it ties back a lot to veganism mm-hmm. for me because every major pandemic that has hit the planet has been zoonotic. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. It's all related to humans experimenting on or eating animals. Pangolins and every, bats. And exactly. Yeah. Every single pandemic that has killed off majority of humans has come from us experimenting on animals or eating animals. Wow. What is zoonomic? Zoonotic means that it's a it's an animal based disease. Oh, never heard that word. Yeah. So basically, it means it means that that disease came from something that we did to an animal mm. that we shouldn't have been doing. And when are humans going to learn to stop? Yeah, really. <laughs> like until we're wiped out. Yeah, actually, that's true. Humans don't learn. No, we're and never going to stop. It right. just gets worse. And it just worse keeps worse. getting worse. Yeah. So that, that's that's why I kind of feel dead. like that's why I kind of feel like it's giving us more purpose. And that's why you've seen veganism explode over the past year because people yeah, are starting to realize that you felt that. that more people are turning to veganism. Yeah, because they're starting to see. For one, there's more information about mm-hmm. these types of diseases, these pandemic diseases and where they came from. Like you speak influenza, you know, Spanish flu, like all of these major pandemics that have killed off millions of people. Again, we're all zoonotic. So they're starting to see, OK, maybe we should kind of stop messing with animals like in these different ways, like mm-hmm. experimenting on them or using them for certain ways that we shouldn't be or even eating them. So I think this is kind of pushing more people like, OK, you know what? I think I'm going to just give this a try and see how it goes. And even if it's just trying it, like if, if you do the, you know, vegan wary, which is like a lot of people go vegan for the month of January, a lot of people end up either staying vegan or just incorporating vegan food into their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up seeing your blood pressure gets better, your cholesterol gets better. Um, 
for me, my allergies almost disappeared. It was a, a great thing for my allergies. Um, and that was just kicking dairy out because mm-hmm, the dairy, dairy was really bad. So, and it gives you, I think it's giving people a lot of purpose because we've seen so many people die. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first time in my life where I've seen like millions of people dying because of a disease. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I wasn't around for the last pandemic. None right. of us were. None of us were, yeah. <laughs> So like, it's, it's kind of scary that, to think that, yeah, there's millions of people here and we're all, we all have these vaccines and all this stuff and we're sh- like very strong, but we're also super weak in the, to the point where one bug can get out into the whole world and kill millions of people like so quickly and so easily. Yep. And it was all our fault. It was not like some act of nature, you know, or whatever, like rain down from the heavens, like so many people think it was. It's, no, we did this to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and we continue to yeah. do that to ourselves. Yeah. So I think the sense of purpose comes from that's kind of scary fact of like, yeah, we're, we're not here for a long time. So let's make it a good time that we are here for. (laughs) Well, I think that's a really wonderful ending point. So thanks a bunch to Wanda. It really was great. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I feel really inspired after talking to you because of all the different wonderful things that you're involved in and the energy you put into all of that kind of blows my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I try. I try. You know, I'm just, I'm really impressed and moved by your caring for all living beings, animals, and people. And we're all sort of sharing this world, right? That's right. We have to look out for one another. That is 100% right. Yep. Well, um, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. And thanks, Lauren, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, and as ever, it's my hope that this conversation provides food for thought. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll tune in next time when we continue to share people's COVID journeys. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay connected. (laughs) 